This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello again and welcome to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. 4Play is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So today's episode, we're going to talk about the highly sexual couple. Yeah, and what they do, right? I love this topic because I feel like this is a great way to just automatically identify some areas of where things you might be doing or things you could add to your relationship that are going to just increase your sex life in a lot right. of different ways, right? Doesn't everybody want to be the highly sexual couple? The highly sexual couple? That's like, what I'm saying. There's known this as. like competitiveness in me. <laughs> <laughs> Are we highly sexual? <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's an Olympics for that or something. And, and like somebody's getting the gold and the silver and the bronze for being highly sexual as a couple. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we should do that. We should have like a quiz. <laughs> a quiz. Are you the highly sexual couple? And we'll rate everybody A, B, and C, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, nobody, who's going to publicly claim that? Is there going to be a couple where both people are going to... Oh, I think there's people out there that definitely claim that. Being the highly sexual couple. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And we all think that it's everybody else, right? That's right. We all think... (laughs) You know, that woman who wears that really low-cut thing to the the party, she's probably the highly sexual woman. Yep. Or the the guy that's fit and trim, you know. Talks about sex all the time. Talks about sex all the time. Yeah, he's He's got perfect hair. He's probably lying. The guy that talks about about sex all the time, Uh, probably probably lying. I gotta say, sometimes those guys just are such a turn off to me like the really good looking perfect hair you know yeah. polo shirt I mean there's just like something too perfect and I think they're going to be a narcissist yeah you know so I mean not that I'm looking at just but just, <laughs> just on a human basis right on a human basis I just I am very suspicious of anybody who's too perfect do you feel like you can tell just by looking at a couple where their sex life is at this point? Well, can you tell, I gotta like, say, I, I can tell when a couple walks into my room whether or not they had sex that week. Really? I can tell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is really apparent to me. 
I mean, obviously, because I know them. I don't know if I could do this with strangers. Yeah. But with people that I know, I know whether or not they had sex. Yeah. yeah. It's There's like a softness about the way they are with each other, the way they talk to each other, the way mm-hmm. they touch each other. Uh, even the distance that they sit in terms of how close they are. It, it is so apparent to me. You know, immediately when they walk in the room, I can see it in the waiting room. Oh, yeah. They had really? sex this week. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I, and one couple I, I teased and I said, I can tell that. And they're like, they would come in and they'd say, okay, do you know if we had sex this week or not? And I was always right. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of your friends are going <laughs> to start. Yeah, all my friends are going to be like, oh. <laughs> oh, no, she's watching us. Uh, <laughs> she's checking it out. Okay. Highly sexual couples. I, I mean, that, but that's, I mean, obviously as a sex therapist. Mm-hmm. Right, you can tell. But I think that there are things that couples do, right, that lend itself to being more sexual or not. And one of them is just carving out time together every single day, right? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. I know every we talk day. about that so much. And why why is that so hard? I, get, I have so many couples that that is what we work on for like a month of yeah. just trying to get them 20 to 30 minutes together every single day. Well, you know, I told my husband this week, in fact, that we need to do more of this. I have started to see that we have what I call phone creep. Well, phone creep. Yeah. I mean, like when we're just sitting there together, oh, maybe on yeah. the couch, <laughs> even watching TV, it's like we're starting to look at our phones all the time. Yeah. It's so compelling and so addicting. You know, we're out to yep. dinner and we take our phones. To, like, you know, we don't have little babies anymore who need to call us any second. It's like, yeah. leave the damn phone in the are car. You saying, are you saying your phone has become your baby? <laughs> Your phones become your kids. Really? I mean, social media and work and all these things that we think are so important. Yeah. Just put the phone down. Well, I have what the I have a lot of couples that think that them watching their favorite show together is is time together. together. It isn't? No. No, oh, anything shoot. involving a screen, not time together. You <laughs> can't count like movies. You cannot count TV shows. Oh, especially not the good wife. Lights. Those those relationships, you don't need to be modeling those relationships. <laughs> on the, please but don't. they're so fun Please don't. Watch. No, I think there is something about face-to-face, focused on you, time that just changes things, right? The studies that have been done on this, there's just no denying it. If you get... 20 to 30 minutes together. I mean, that sounds so minimal, but couples fight for it all the time and don't get it. You have to fight for it. But it, you, I think you do. Mm-hmm. I think you have to develop some kind of routine where you are just dedicated and you protect it, whether it's mm-hmm. the 30 minutes right after the kids go to bed, 30 minutes right when you get home, no interruptions, put the phones, I highly encourage technology vaults, get a box, like oh, I love put up, that. throw the phones in there. You Leave know, it in your car. Put the kid. Put the kids in their room. Tell them to play for for thirty minutes. They can handle it. They'll be okay. You know. Right. But I, I just I think it it's just vital. It, it's mm-hmm. going to lead to more sex. But this is this seems to me to be foundational to the highly sexual yeah. couple, right? Yeah. And I would add, look at each other. You know, actually look at each other. Oh yes. When you're talking, <laughs> don't look at the you know, floor. Don't yeah. look at the computer. Don't look at the newspaper. Yeah. Don't don't look outside. You know, but actually look at each other because I, I do think there's something about eye contact. You know, babies absorb their mother's love yeah, and develop self-esteem with eye contact. Right. That It's almost like you're giving something when you look at somebody. It's like deep connection. And mm-hmm. I think, 
you know, so eye contact is definitely a deep sense of connection. Yeah, absolutely. I had some clients that were trying to restore their sexual relationship and that's all she wanted. She wanted meaningful eye contact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what she was. She was like, we don't get enough of that. And I was just surprised that that was what she wanted. But it's it's validating what you're saying. It right. was it was meaningful to her. But in the other thing, though, too, uh, highly sexual couples, they also have independent lives, right? They're not fully dependent on the other person. I think that's the other thing. They have, uh-huh. They're have they developed. They have friends for themselves. They have interests. They're they have not hobbies. clingy. Yes. And they allow for differences and separateness, right? Mm. I mean, to me, intimacy is twofold. It's about being together and being close, but it's also about respect yeah. for your partner's job or there are different responsibilities and that you support that. Yeah. And I think that that's what we're talking about between those two things that we're talking about is a balance between individuality and togetherness, mm-hmm. right? Because you fall too much mm-hmm. on one side of those things mm-hmm. and it, it becomes either if you fall too much on the individuality side, there's no connection, you're separate, you're leading two independent mm-hmm. parallel lives. If you're too much on the togetherness side, you're you're almost codependent. Right. right? Which brings us, I think, to our pursuer distancer issues that we've mm-hmm. talked about is yeah. the the distancer sometimes finds excitement in life, their greatest excitement in their pursuit of their individual purpose. Mm. And sometimes the pursuer finds too much or too little excitement yeah. in their own individual life. So they don't bring enough to the table. Yeah. You know, and that's not exciting and that can't be passionate. You can't be passionate about somebody who, you know, is completely in your world. They have to have a separate world yeah. that they can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise it's just not interesting. You know yeah. everything you you know everything your partner's done because you've been with them for for yeah. forty eight hours. Right? Uh, although I will say that you know when I was home with the children for several years, and my husband traveled, you know he would call up and I would say, you know, you know what are you doing? I'd say, well, did the laundry. This is what the kids did, you know, and and I would say, is this boring? Is this boring? And he'd say, no, no, I love it. It's, it makes me feel like I'm home. Yeah. I mean, he was able to enter my world and find something interesting because it was meaningful to him, mm-hmm. and that made me feel valued. And sure, absolutely. Um, but I mean, I also took notes when he talked about his work. I literally really? took notes. So you so could be I interested would, in what he was doing. So I could be interested it. in what he was doing. Yeah. 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 I think that's key. Even if it's not something that you're particularly naturally interested in, especially. Right, which it wasn't. He was like yeah. in a big accounting firm and I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my wife, we worked together for a long time. Oh. And so we were together a large portion the of the day. Mm-hmm. And so we had, to, we had to really fight to figure out how do we talk about this from our individual perspectives, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that was, that honestly was a struggle. And so I think when we started working separate, we found some newness in like being able to say, okay, what happened with your, what happened with your day? I didn't know there was some mystery in it. You know, there wasn't, it wasn't overly familiar, which I think is, is what we're talking about there. Yeah. So other things, So highly sexual, highly sexual couples set time aside. And, and I mean, you know, people are listening to this and they're like, get to the good stuff. Get to the good what stuff. What about the sex? Okay, well. What about the sex? What about the sex? They talk about sex. This is our favorite, favorite piece of advice. And I feel like people but are getting tired of it. But you know, there's a lot of people out there who are going, okay, yeah, but what about what do they do that makes them so highly sexual? What do they do? Well, you tell me. I feel like that is. <laughs> I get I, to answer that I one. Feel, well, yeah, but I feel like the things, this is my thing. Lori, and you tell me, I know you want to you want to talk about the hot stuff, right? <laughs> you always you're always pushing me. Always pushing me I do to push talk you about a little that. Bit. But that, but I feel like this is these are things are the foundational parts of sex, right? Yes. I mean yes. they they have to they have Listen to be. Listen to Adam, there. he's right. He's absolutely <laughs> right. So I think the talking about sex, 
Gottman just uh, released some numbers about, or they may have been out for a while, but that only 9% of couples who don't talk about sex are satisfied in their sex life. Yeah, right? not I mean, very many, basically. Yeah, that means that if, if you're, you're not talking about it, you're not satisfied. You don't have a you don't have a good yeah. sex life. Mm-hmm. So if you can't if you can't say the words, if you can't open your mouth and talk about it, right. it's going to be. If you haven't had the who, what, when, where mm-hmm. conversation, you know, then then you're not really communicating. Yeah. Because even if you you know have good sex, good sex requires work. It requires talking. You know, mm-hmm. and good sex over a lifetime. Right? We change. Our bodies change. Our needs change. It takes talking yeah. about it. Yeah, I know that we talk about that a lot. So I know people that have listened to us a lot have probably we heard it. We talk about talking a lot. We talk about talking a lot. But I'm just telling you, like, people do not do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't. They just don't do it. They and don't. Like, They've never talked about it. They've, And so I think it, it cannot, to me, it can't be said enough, but I'm sure some people are shaking their fist at, the, at their. That's right. Okay, well, come back after the break and we'll talk about the hot stuff. The hot stuff. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Okay, we are back with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, sex therapist Lori Watson, and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. And we're talking about the hot stuff that hot couples, wait, couples who are... Highly sexual couples. Highly (laughs) sexual couples do. (laughs) Yes. So in the back half, front half, we talked about some stuff. Maybe it was a little bit boring. But it's foundational. Get over it, people. You got to do it. All right. Okay, now now you get to do this. Now we're going to talk about the hot stuff. Yeah, the hot stuff is, to me, is foreplay. 
You right. know, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Just think about when you're dating or you're first together sexually. If you're, you know, if you waited, you know, I mean, it's all about touching and mm-hmm. exploring each other's bodies. And yeah, I think in that there's a there's a curiosity there that doesn't leave from from the couple, right? Or they regain if they lose it, they regain it. And that's what I think foreplay is about in, in some respects is is being curious, being curious yeah, about, about each other's response and mm-hmm. and their body and what you can do to them and what how your body responds. I think teasing is really good. Yeah, you know, not trying to race to the finish line, but yeah. just sort of trying to enjoy the whole journey and maybe yeah. coming close to the finish line, <laughs> not quite there. Yeah. There's something not just you're not just rushing into it, right? There's also with foreplay in particular a playfulness that mm-hmm. I think highly sexual couples have. I mean, probably all through the day they have they're they're playful with each other, yeah, right? They but flirt, they flirt, they whisper in each other's ear, they send text messages, you know, they sex they do, is in their mind, yes. I mean, and they make sex a priority so that they they're basically having foreplay all day long, and then actual touching i think you know that's that's yeah. sexy not that not saying that you know throwing them up against the wall and sure, yeah. just doing it you but know not every time hot you know but yeah. but most times i mean i think that leisure and that devotion to kind of the whole experience is what's really mm. hot i like what you said about that sex is on their minds because i think this is one of the things i hear the complaints that i hear is from couples is we've just become roommates Mm-hmm. Or we're just living together now. And the mm-hmm. sex really is what defines the committed couple relationship as being different from other things. And so when you say sex is on their minds, like partially what you're saying is this is the part that you get to have together with nobody else that gets to be. So having that on your mind is is exciting. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. keeping um, it forefront. Yeah, it keeps it in the forefront of, mm-hmm. of your couplehood, right? Yeah, highly sexual couples prioritize that. And I think along the foreplay issue, I I knew a young woman when I was getting married and she was with a guy who was, you know, great and took his time. And I think that they didn't actually do the dirty deed. They were, you know, because of their faith decisions, didn't actually have sex, but they spent hours in foreplay and they were really, really hot. And then a couple years later, I said, you know, what happened? Because I'd gone over to her house and all her lingerie was stuffed in a drawer. And and she's like, well, you know, he kind of does the shout out from the shower. Hey, you want to do it? And I'm like, oh, this guy who was so great and you married him because he was all about foreplay. No wonder it's not hot. Yeah. It took the fun out of it. Is what it and, like. and I know some of you out there are like, oh, like we have an hour for foreplay, sure. Or she won't let me do that anymore. Yeah. You know, or, I, you know, I think men too mm-hmm. like to be touched and they, they like it to sometimes be the recipient of yeah. pleasure and foreplay. It isn't just like they should be so automatic and she should get all the attention, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So foreplay. Foreplay. That's part of the hot stuff. That's part of the hot stuff. What else would you say? Well, orgasm. Orgasm. (laughs) You know, I mean, I think both people being really concerned about each other's climax. Mm. Uh, Not that you have to make it happen for them, but I think being concerned about it and paying enough attention to it is is hot. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think, you know, primarily, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about helping the women in the relationship have orgasms because it just takes longer. It takes right. longer, a lot um, longer, 45 minutes longer. That's right. But being concerned about that uh, as men, I think for men, it tends to come natural, but there's also, it's good when the woman is concerned about his orgasm as well. But I think sure. primarily what we're talking about is men being concerned right. 
about, for, the, for guys, about her orgasm. Right? Yeah. For guys, it's mostly automatic, right? Yeah. I mean, I know there's problems out there, but, sure, sure. but mostly he's guaranteed an orgasm. And if he's not, I mean, a man who is concerned about a woman's orgasm, by and large, is going to have, you know, more frequent and better sex. Yeah. Well, and it's just not uh, selfish, right? Yeah. I mean, I think highly sexual couples are not selfish. They're not Absolutely. only primarily concerned with themselves. And so being concerned about her orgasm communicates that she's a priority and that you're that you're in this for each other, not just for yourself, which has to be a vital component of other areas of life anyway, um, mm-hmm. if you're going to be successful in your relationship. And so, you know, when you when you're concerned about her orgasm and she's concerned about yours, sex is not just about what you're, you're getting. Uh-huh, right? right. And that's Both. that's important. And I think to balance that is I would say highly sexual couples are ruthless mm. about sex. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, there has to be some quality in your sexual relationship where you go for it without being inhibited. Mm. You know, like, you know, your partner wants you to take, wants you to direct them, mm. wants you to say what you want. Okay. And you're ruthless about that. You you do that. And mm. and you count on your partner taking their fair share too. It's yeah. like you stop being, you know, too concerned. It's like on the one hand, we want you to be concerned about each other's orgasm, and on the other hand, we want you to be concerned about your own pleasure. That's 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 about like kind of owning your sexuality, isn't it? Yeah. I mean it's about seeing yourself as an erotic person, uh, seeing yourself as a sexual person and not being ashamed or fearful of that, um, right. which which I think happens a lot. And so what you're talking about, I guess, more is, a, is, again, a balance between being concerned about your partner's orgasm, being concerned about yours and seeing both of you as, as sexual beings. Yeah. And I think one of the things you just said, not being ashamed, I, I would put it, you know, leave your inhibitions behind. Hmm. You know, sort of enter the experience without anxiety. And I think highly sexual couples do. I I knew a couple who had sex every day, hmm. like for 20 years. It for wasn't 20 us. 20 years? <laughs> it wasn't us. Yeah, I confess. That's not, that's not. <laughs> for 20 years. For 20 years, every they had, had sex years? every, if not twice a day. Really? And they, at different periods of their time, they were in different shapes. And, you know, they were doing this when they were very heavy, very overweight. But they just said they couldn't imagine starting a day without sex. They're the ones that get the gold medal. <laughs> they could give it, give it, just give a, it to them. Give it to high, the highly sexual couple. We found them. It's, it's, it's the couple that has sex twice a day for 20 years. For 20 years. Yeah. But they were so sweet. I mean... They, they really loved each other, and that yeah. was how they connected yeah. deeply. And they said that they they liked starting their day that way. It was just this sense of being together. And, yeah. you know, literally they just kind of roll over and do it. And But um, they weren't ashamed. They were right. in their bodies. I think that's what you're talking about because I don't want people to get the wrong idea that the highly sexual couple has <laughs> sex every day. Cause it's not A lot about, of people are like, oh, yeah, William yeah. Adams <laughs> did it every right. day. Every day. <laughs> it's not – frequency is not the indicator of being highly sexual and what sure, we're talking about. it's not. Right. right? But – you're talking about the shame or the fear, like the inhibitions are dropped mm-hmm. at the door. And that to me means that they can be vulnerable with each other. Right. And, and they inhabit afraid. their body. Uh, yes. And they ha- inhabit their need and it's okay with them. Yeah. 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 They're not ashamed that they need sex or want sex. Yeah. And I mean, sex is right. It's the, the crossroads between our childhood needs for mm-hmm. primitive sort of touch and also our adult needs for romance. I mean, it, that's where it happens. Yeah. And so needing there is good. 
Yeah, th- that's a mature place to be mm-hmm. uh, as an adult, right? It's not you're not having sex because or you need some validation or because you uh, you know out of obligation or for any of the the wrong reasons that we have sex to cover up something that's bad in your relationship anything like that you're having sex because it's a it's something you desire it's something you're owning your sex sexuality you're owning who you are and doing that with your partner which just is so much better isn't it like I, just- I mean yes i think that having our needs out there and knowing our need and being able to say I have physical needs mm-hmm. is really sexy. Yeah. Uh, but I would also say that giving sex as love is also a, a positive sexual thing. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I mean, sometimes you don't necessarily, I think particularly as women, have the impetus of I feel desire right now, but you feel like, okay, my partner feels desire right now. And mm-hmm. I, can, I know I can enter this experience with joy with a playfulness yeah. and I'll get into it and I want to give that as a love gift, you know, mm. knowing that, you know, usually I turn on too, yeah. right? Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think these are just some, I think, foundational things for for people, right, that as they to grow toward together and to build on together, right? Right. I mean, Nobody actually gets the whole award of the highest yeah, no, couple. Everybody right. can improve and – yeah. And go further. Yeah, which I think is great. And that's what I hope we leave people with is that there is hope for you to be a highly sexual couple. Like you can get there. It's not it's not this mystery on the on the mountain that you can't ever find. It's it's something that's attainable. Yeah, and that's what we're about. We are about helping couples keep it hot. So thanks for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.